Well, the Gonzaga women's basketball program has lost 10 players over the last two seasons to graduation or to professional contracts, but coach Lisa Fortier added key reinforcements over the offseason, including Utah grad transfer Brenna Maxwell, who we will hear from right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Well, I'm very excited to be joined today by Brenna Maxwell. Brenna is a graduate transfer from the University of Utah. She scored in double figures in each of the past three seasons with the Utes. She's also a Pacific Northwest native. Very excited to welcome you not only to the show, Brenna, but to Zag Nation. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to get a chance to, to talk to you about kind of your experience at Utah and also what made you choose Gonzaga because uh, I'm sure you had some choices and I'm sure you had some opportunities to look at some different schools, uh, but you ended up in Spokane, you ended up in Coach Fortier's program, and I would love to hear kind of what went into to making that decision. Yeah, so I was at Utah for three years. Um, I committed my senior year of high school, and it was a bit of a rebuild when I arrived, mm-hmm. and over those three years, we were able to get better every year and eventually we made the NCAA tournament last year mm-hmm. and lost the second round but we set a lot of program records we did things that um the program had never, had never done before and that was um my goal going in there um mm-hmm. and during those three years I also had an opportunity to graduate yep. which was awesome and because of COVID I had two years less eligibility so mm-hmm. um that provided me an opportunity to go somewhere else and kind of see what they had to offer and playing about Gonzaga it was um, they, I've had a relationship with those that coaching staff since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've known them since I was about 15 or 16. <laughs> so it was really cool to get back in touch with them. And, you know, when God tells you to move, you move. And, mm-hmm. you know, Spokane's a great city. Um, I have family here. Uh, I love this team so far. I think it's going to be a great season. Yeah, yeah, it's cool that you got an extra two years too. You know, we've seen that uh, certainly on the men's side. Rasir Bolton is going to take his second year of, of eligibility after being a grad transfer. And you know, I worked in in higher education for a while. I worked in college athletics, and the the idea to to be able to go into a grad program knowing that you have two years of eligibility, two years of, of playing basketball, you don't have to try to cram it into a one year program. Like to me, that that seems like a, a really nice advantage and kind of something that, that perhaps gave you a little bit of flexibility. I don't know if that factored into your decision or not, but it's cool to be able to be a, you got your degree, you still got two more years of ball. Yeah, it's definitely nice to be here for more than one year and get mm-hmm. settled and make some connections and relationships yeah. that I wouldn't have otherwise. So I'm excited to be here. Great. I know it just got underway. Literally, we're talking like first week of classes, first couple days of classes. So this is probably too early to ask the question, but I'd kind of love to hear just your experience of being in Spokane and being with this group. I know, again, the first team meeting today as we're speaking here uh, on Wednesday, but a very what, what has it been like to just kind of be in Spokane and kind of start start the process of getting settled over here? Yeah, we kicked things off today for the first time, mm-hmm. which was really fun. But I've actually, I was here for six weeks during the summer. So mm-hmm. I was here um, end of May through June. And, and it was it's it was quieter. There was a lot of people on campus, mm-hmm. but it was great to kind of get introduced to the program and how they do things. Um, and I was really impressed with 
the way they run things here. And yeah. the team is great. We had a couple camps we got to do, which was fun. Got to mm-hmm. meet some fans. Um, but it's definitely cool this first week just to see how excited this community is about Gonzaga basketball. And that's something that we didn't have in Salt Lake and mm-hmm. Utah where I played last. Um, and it's just, it's really cool to have a fan base that gets behind you so fast. I remember I was walking into someplace new and I mentioned I was on the team and immediately swarmed by people. And I was like, wow, this is a way to make friends fast. Just, <laughs> yeah. just to start, just start sending them on the Gonzaga basketball team. But I think it's awesome. The support system this school has for sure. Yeah, certainly uh, it's a bit of a difference at Utah, which is uh, a, a monumental football school, particularly the last couple of years where Gonzaga, of course, is not a football school literally at all. So uh, that was kind of one of the questions I had for you uh, is being at a school that really is, is passionate about basketball and really passionate about women's basketball in a way where like I know you haven't played any home games yet. And that'll I, I'm excited for that experience for you and for all the newcomers on the team, because it's, it's pretty close to a full house pretty much every single day. And it's one of those things that you don't really see at a lot of other programs uh, for women's basketball. And it's something that, that I think it's cool to hear that that's something you've already noticed in a very short time being in Spokane. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot of great things about the fan base. I'm really excited to witness it myself. I know that you, you have a relationship with the coaching staff, so you're, you're not kind of new to them, but what has it been like kind of getting to see how they operate in the short amount of time that you've been here and also like your early impressions impressions of your, your new teammates uh, in Spokane? Yeah, the coaches are great. Um, they made a great impression on me again when I um, they were, started recruiting me for the second mm-hmm. time. They just are... Um, they say what they say mm-hmm. and that's really rare to find um, for a college coaching staff and you know what they say is truth mm-hmm. and I really respect that from them Yeah. and then when I got here um, I was really impressed with their skill development they've already helped me so much with a lot of aspects of my game and mm-hmm. it's just it's really cool to have that part um, mm-hmm. what they said it's about the doctors what they said they were going to do appear on the basketball court and how they've been helping me develop my game yeah. and then the team like I said before they're great I met them all in spurts it was I met the mm-hmm. um the freshmen or sophomores now beginning of the summer and then you know the trongs came and then everyone kind of slowly started arriving and it was it was really cool to um see I played against them last year and kind of see how the personalities were and mm-hmm. how they're different off the court and they were on the court and they're a really fun group um they are really accepting I already feel like I'm part of the team mm-hmm. and it's gonna be fun All right, Brenna and I are going to come back in the second segment, and we're going to talk more about her game and Gonzaga's upcoming schedule. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. College basketball may be deep into the offseason, but college football and the NFL are just around the corner, while the WNBA playoffs are in full swing and the MLB is not far behind. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all the latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They even have lines for coaching changes across every major sport, so even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. I wanted to switch gears on you a little bit, but then you kind of touched on it there uh, in that 
question, but I kind of want to hear in, in your words, we can hear what Coach Fortier said, we can read the stats and everything, but I'd kind of love to hear you describe what what your game is like, what your strengths are, and kind of what, what you think that, you know, what you believe you're going to really bring to this team. Yeah, I think on paper, mm-hmm. um, you could say I'm a scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, I pride myself in being a three to four level scorer, mm-hmm. um, three point mid-range layup free throws mm-hmm. um, and I'm definitely trying to get better at that but I think that's mm-hmm. something I can bring to the table for sure off paper I think um, but you know, see, I'm a very hard worker mm-hmm. um, if someone's in the gym I stay there till they leave and keep going I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't like to not work hard it's not part yeah. of who I am um, and then I also think I'm a competitor I hate losing mm-hmm. everyone says they are but haven't met me yet <laughs> <laughs> I, I, li- I love competing it's I can't not compete. If someone's, you know, walking in the airport, I got to catch up to them. If, if I see someone <laughs> taking the elevator, I got to run up the stairs and beat them. Um, that's just the way I'm wired, and it's a blessing and a curse. But mm-hmm. um, and I do think I also provide a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, I was in Pac-12 Conference of Champions, playing the best teams mm-hmm. in the nation day in and day out every mm-hmm. weekend, and I also was part of a tournament team. So I think. Having those, those three years of experience playing at a BCS school, playing BCS teams every mm-hmm. weekend, um, will provide a lot of experience for this team here. Yeah, I, I, you mentioned the wanting to improve on the scoring. I mean, ninety-two uh, percent from the free throw line for three years, or some, something around there. Forty-two percent from three. I mean, that, that's pretty darn good to begin with. Uh, you know, obviously uh, something that that uh, you've had in your game for the last couple of years. Uh, and one thing that Coach Fortier mentioned, uh, she was on the Locked On Zags podcast uh, about six or so weeks ago. Uh, we were kind of talking about uh, the new additions to the team, and she mentioned uh, potentially having the ability to have you do some post-up stuff uh, just because of your height. And I was wondering if that's something that you have a lot of in your game, something you guys have been working on, or something that, that you kind of feel like you're going to be able to bring to the team. Yeah, I know that's part of their offense, or mm-hmm. our offense, and I'm, 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 it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But mm-hmm. that'd be really cool. I haven't been played post since high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of give that a wash. I also jump center, and that's probably not happened this year. But, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think post-ups would be really cool. We'll see how the offense is working. And you can, never can really tell about that kind of stuff until you yeah. start getting into practices. Sure. Um, and those, that's a ways off still. But we'll see. I trust uh, Coach Lisa. She's a great coach. Mm-hmm. And see how I fit in this offense. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the Conference of Champions, Pac-12. Uh, Gonzaga and Stanford have played each other a whole bunch of times in the last half decade or so, uh, really last decade or so. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, followed the history, but I, I can't remember a time when a game between Gonzaga and Stanford was determined by more than five points. It seems like every time these two teams play each other, it ends up right down to the wire. Uh, non-conference schedule just came out earlier this week. It looks like Stanford's on the docket again in Palo Alto. Uh, you obviously have played this team quite a bit uh, how excited are you to get another chance to uh, to to play the cardinal oh i'm so excited mm-hmm. uh, we played them three times last year yeah um and that was it's always interesting because they're such a great team mm-hmm. and everyone knows they are but you don't really understand how good they are until you actually get to play them mm-hmm. um they're like a machine a well-oiled machine they have their offense that's been the same offense for longer than I've been alive probably but um it it works wonders and it's so fun to be able to play a team with that um efficiency on offense and Mm -hmm. um they I have a lot of respect for Stanford I have a lot of respect for Tara um Mm -hmm. and I I know Gonzaga they played them twice last year too 
Um, I think that took a lot of guts, and I lost that personally super scheduling them again mm-hmm. uh, twice, like the second time last season. And yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm always I always love playing Stanford. Mm-hmm. It would be it's such and like you said, when they play when they play Gonzaga, it's it's always a close game and it always goes down to the wire. I think it's gonna be a super fun fun night. It's gonna, it's, yeah, it's gonna be one of the best ones on the calendar. The other, the other games that look very, very exciting, not just uh, because of the opponents, but because of the location, uh, the battle for Atlantis uh, again. Uh, just looking at the list uh, for the teams that are going to be in that tournament: Louisville, Marquette, Texas, Tennessee, of course, UCLA, another team that you have some experience playing up against. Uh, how excited are you for the trip and for for the tournament that's going to be taking up taking place uh, in Paradise Island? Yeah, it's going to be a big trip. It's going to be a fun trip, though. Every team in that list that you mentioned is mm-hmm. a very good team. has the potential to be a top 20 team. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can pick up some big wins on that trip, then it's definitely going to be a great challenge for us mm-hmm. um, to see how we stack up against those great teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even tell you which one I'm most excited to play. <laughs> I, I would I would take all of them. Yeah. Um, they're, we played... They played Louisville in the tournament and lost, and we put in Utah. Uh, Utah, we played Texas in the tournament and lost. So either of those teams I'm good with, yeah. and then, um, of course, it's in the Bahamas. Yeah. Even better. Right. Better way to, to play basketball than the Bahamas, yeah. paradise on earth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be a fun weekend. So you, you mentioned again the, the Pac-12 and obviously switching over switching gears over to the WCC here, uh, the final season of BYU's time in the WCC. Uh, I didn't check the schedule. I suspect that Utah and BYU played each other uh, in the last oh, yeah. couple of years. Yeah, usually they do. Oh, so yeah. I figured that was probably one. Uh, again, that's been a, a nice rivalry for the Zags as well. Kind of unfortunate uh, that it's not going to continue, at least not in, in conference. Uh, for for the Zags, but uh, another program that has obviously had a ton of success over the last few years, and a team that again you are familiar with. Yes, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. BYU has always been a fun game. Their rivalry runs deep in mm-hmm. Utah too, so mm-hmm. I came in prepared. I'm ready. <laughs> that game's already circled on my calendar mm-hmm. both times we play them. We open a conference and end conference with them, so yeah. it'll be great that they'll be thinking about us beginning and end. Yeah. So it'll be a great icing on the cake for that, but. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't even really like to mention their name. They're, <laughs> they're a big game every year. They're a big game. Yeah, yeah, they'd be a good one. Switching gears a little bit, uh, we kind of touched a little bit on the transfer portal, obviously, and your familiarity with the coaching staff, but the transfer portal, just in general, ha- has been kind of a hot topic in the NCAA, uh, in college sports in general, and certainly even even like as recently as we're talking today, they're still trying to change some of the rules and figure out how exactly they want this whole thing to work. Uh, for you, as a grad transfer, it was a little bit different, but I'm kind of curious just what that experience was like for you, kind of knowing that you were going to move on from Utah and you were going to look at some other options and just kind of ha- how that experience went. Yeah, I think that Portal is as good as it could be under the mm-hmm. circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone at Portal isn't happy. Like, they're not, mm-hmm. they're not, people don't transfer because they're, they don't know, they're, everyone's leaving for a reason. Sure. I have a lot more respect for people that are transferring now a lot. I mm-hmm. used to, you know, kind of have some doubts about some people that transfer, but now sure. I have an all new respect for it. Um, yeah. It's 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 a process. It's like recruiting three years into one week. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah. There's all everyone immediately, probably five minutes after my name in, you get a call or a text or an email, mm-hmm. um, and it just starts coming at you. Um, yeah. But it's under like under circumstances. Also because of COVID, there's a whole extra class of people that are trying yeah. to find a spot to play. So it's extra crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I think after a few years, it hopefully will die down after the last COVID year yeah. um, graduates. But, you know, it, it, it's the best it can be under the circumstances, like I said. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not hard. It's just probably the emotional drain yeah. toll it takes on people is probably the hardest part. But yeah, um, it was great. Gonzaga was great during it. They they helped me. They helped me with it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad I'm out of it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I think it was the best it could be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the other big changes that we've seen in the uh, in the NCAA over the last few years really has been the the inclusion of NIL, which kind of along with the transfer portal has created uh, quite a lot of changes in a very short period of time for an institution that, uh, quite frankly, seemed pretty resistant to change for years and years and decades. Uh, but now we've seen these two very big things change. Uh, I remember speaking with with Lisa about NIL and, and some of the kind of considerations with with Title IX and with kind of, is this going to be something that only impacts football players and men's basketball players? Is that going to be an issue? And the the feedback so far has, has really been, no, that hasn't been a significant issue, but it is something that needs to be continually monitored and kind of making sure that that we're in a situation where we're not just funneling money towards the programs that have always had a lot of money. Uh, I'm curious for you, A, if you kind of utilized a lot of, of NIL opportunities uh, last season, if you're planning to utilize any this season, or if not, kind of how you've just experienced it so far uh, in the first year that it's been around. I think the NIL deals are great. Yeah. I think it provides a great opportunity for people to expand their brand and put a name out for themselves and earn money in college. It's, I think it's so cool. I personally haven't mm-hmm. um, had a chance to use it. Yeah. Um, I have had teammates though, that have had a really great success using it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, if the right opportunity came around, yeah, I would definitely do it. Yeah. I do think um, if you aren't a big name mm-hmm. men's program or um, football program, you do have to seek it out a little yeah. bit more. Sure. It doesn't just, and they don't come running to you, mm-hmm. but there are great opportunities for for you if you want if yep. you want it. And I think it's really cool that college athletes get to use their platform and their name to um, expand who they are and build their brand. Yeah, well, one of the I mentioned earlier in the conversation that I worked in higher ed. One of the the roles that I had was working with student athletes in in career development. And and one of the challenges that that I ran into and that student athletes often ran into was. You know, trying to make a resume for whether it was a, a full-time job after graduation, whether it was a summer job, whatever it may be, like there's not a lot of prior work experience most of the time because of how, you know, the, the amount of time demand that there is uh, for college athletics. And so part of it was like helping student athletes learn how to incorporate what they have done into a resume because 40 hours a week showing up to practice on time, all of that stuff are, are like very transferable work skills. But one of the things that NIL has kind of created is the ability to potentially like actually market yourself and and do things that that were student athletes were frankly afraid to do because is, am I allowed to? Is Am I going to get in trouble? And that's kind of why it, there was so much silliness around the previous rules uh, in that regard. But uh, I'm kind of, you know, again, I know you said you haven't capitalized too much yet, but have you kind of seen it? It's, does it seem like it's a little bit easier to kind of feel comfortable knowing that like, hey, this is one of those things that isn't necessarily going to to be like, do I have to, I don't have to be as anxious about like a family member wanting to buy me something or, a co- you know, somebody wanting to give me a ride, like some of those things that were just so silly, but, but ultimately like needed to, needed to be checked on. 
Yes, for sure. There was such a gray area on what was allowed and what wasn't allowed if you were a student athlete. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had teammates that were able to put on camps back home that they weren't allowed to before these rules changed. Yeah. I think that's so cool deal to give back to your community in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, there's all this paperwork to fill out while you do all this stuff. But mm-hmm. I think it's just it's awesome that these rules change to help student athletes to be able to give back and, like you said, market themselves and be able to build up their resume a little bit. And we'll see where it goes in the next few years. But I think there's a lot of great opportunities out there. All right, Brenna, last question I wanted to ask you again. You, you said you'd spend a little bit more time in Spokane, so I'm going to just throw this one at you last minute. Have you found any places that you like to be, whether they're like locations on campus or places in Spokane? Like if you were telling somebody this is where to go in Spokane, this is where you have found. Is there is there any spot out there that you've really enjoyed uh, getting getting to spend some time in? Ooh, that's a good question. Um I have great memories from Riverfront Park. I know yeah. that's a great, that's like a, a tourist place to go. But mm-hmm. I grew up riding that carousel. Yeah. Um, I grew up going down the big wagon slide. Yeah. That's just a fun place to hang out and people watch. Yeah. And you can go, there's always quiet places I can do my homework in. Mm-hmm. And it's it's right next to my grandma's house. So <laughs> I don't know go. if it would, it's great for everyone else, but it's great for me. <laughs> and I love Riverfront Park. Yeah. Brenna, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, Really excited to see uh, what the whole team does this season, to see how your first year goes uh, for the women's team, of course, with Coach Fortier. Uh, I'm sure you're going to have an absolute blast, not just in the Bahamas, but through the entire season uh, with, with the Zag. So thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much. This was fun. All right, that is going to do it for me today. Thanks again to Brenna Maxwell for coming on to the show. Don't forget to check out my written content at scorezagscore.com. One more episode coming later this week right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Finally, thank you again to those of you who have made Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. Locked On WCC doesn't exist yet, but you can get more informed on the West Coast happenings, including Brenna's old school the University of Utah by making Locked On Pac-12 your second listen of the day. Host Spencer McLaughlin and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes, five times per week. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags.